We are now live. Live and direct. Good morning, good evening, good night. How are you feeling? Villagers. Let me just share it up. Well, you know, we had to share it up. So let me just find the thing. Yeah, let me find the thing. So let's see. Why is this thing happening now with um with Fazir saying? That's just so I had to share, you know, we had to share it up because we had to make sure, you know, yeah. it's full hundred. <laughs> it's full hundred. So yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, you boy. I mean? Sorry, I don't want you to put it in there. four. Good. Good, four. We good night. The four who watching, all share it up for we now. Let me get this thing going. Yeah, cause we can't stick tonight. Tonight is a sweet. Night is peace. Night is peace. Is is is, is full hundred. You understand? Know yeah. You know full hundred. Full hundred. Yeah, that screen. Yeah, the video there, Torian. That is well, the video. Well, I think so. No, they know this man right. is the trouble, man. So we're going on first. You know, yeah. they, let's see. I hear you saying half as you hot off the press to show we. Let me wait. It's really going on. Yeah. So well, yeah, we hot off the press because he's saying. Well, let, let me hear what he's saying. If we could hear. Yeah, well, what do we like about the PNM or UNC or whatever? Why would a government with a, a way an avenue to get vaccine? Why would a government not want to do that? Well. I have no idea why they would not want to do it. But what we are seeing is that we are seeing that where other countries have gone directly to the supplier and not to the provider, and they have been able to obtain their vaccine. I am aware that Pfizer, Pfizer vaccines enter this country and a certain medical facility, their employees were vaccinated. With Pfizer. What? I mean, never what Pfizer you know that for a fact, sorry, Tell a little long time. I, I know that for a fact. For a fact. Obviously, you can't independently verify that. Let's put it. Let's do that. Right. Right. So, basically, what's going on there, right? Your, your boy first year was having a conversation with this individual. I don't know who why would the government not explore avenues? Which would mean that they were talking about the fact, and he was also raising the fact that they went to actual companies instead of talking through COVAX and talking to certain other heads and so on. So I think, and this is something that I've been thinking about a lot you know, in terms of the vaccination, because vaccination was way too, started way too late. But yeah. let's see, wait, wait, it's no, yourself. No, well, yeah, but let me, let, me, let me talk about it. Now, remember about three, epi three episodes in Room before we talked about this with the vaccine that where I was telling earlier that it have a black market in Trinidad where you could get a vaccine from certain places. You understand what I'm saying? And this is what coming up here. And what they're pointing out is that you see the proper the, the, the official system had to go through COVAX, but COVAX had this long pecking order and that kind of thing. So we had to take real long to get vaccine. But in the meantime, the private sector now going directly to the suppliers and getting Pfizer, getting whatever it is, and you just had to pay a little money and you could get the same thing too. So the problem now is since that video, uh, Dr. Parasram actually come out publicly and said that anybody who aware of this, it is illegal and that they should let them know so that they would come in and take the necessary precautions. But hear what? This is some serious heights, fellas. This is some serious heights because how you go jumbie people who get the who get the Pfizer because they're making all they look bad? 
You understand what I'm saying? This is a life or death situation. If people are able to get Pfizer, it shouldn't be here what this illegal. We go come down all you. No, if all you're able to get well, Pfizer, come forward, work with we. Let we try and get Pfizer for the rest of the population and that well, kind of I thing. Did, we we had we had a bit more forward thinking. So I question did. if we believe in that this taking place, right? How we know that these people are going straight to Pfizer and not going to another country or something like that, which is why the man saying it's illegal. No, well, it could be to another country. Remember, they say they're going to the supplier, not necessarily Pfizer. Who, who said that? Who said that? Who said that? Uh, that is what the, the, the interview just say. Right. Yeah, and, the man and, said and they, the they went directly is, to the supplier. If the, if the supplier, supplier could be. Not Pfizer. Who the supplier is going to be? No, well, it could be the Serum Institute of India, whoever it is doing the manufacturing of it. Right? Remember, going through COVAX is just our official work order for them, you know. Yeah, Who yeah, said yeah, it is illegal, though? Who said it is illegal, though? Um, Dr. Parasram. I should have sent that video for you. Well, too, I remember... I remember something a little while that ago with Dr. This morning. with Dr. Parasram saying, and mm. I don't I don't remember exactly what was being said and what it was about, but I believe he was saying that there was permission given to private institutions to secure vaccines. I heard that probably a month or two ago. So I don't know if the, if the story has changed. I do. I swear I heard him say that when I was listening the, uh, when they talked about vaccines. But then again, we'll have to do some research on this because, as I said, it's hot off the press. We didn't really get to talk about Correct. this before. So we look into right. this. But it is it is definitely something that is going on where where we first heard or never heard that there is mm. Pfizer accessible in Trinidad and Tobago because really right. and truly it ain't. It's accessible to people. Within a, a circle where they can they, they know about it. It's not it's not it's not a thing for the public, right? But right. the fact is that it if it is that it was possible for mm. these private that individuals the to get it, how is it that a government can 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 look at us and say that how it is such a big rigmarole to get these um these vaccines that that are beyond their control and they because they were asked they were asked the government was asked Correct. what's going on with vaccines no the government have no money covax is a free thing is donation isn't it right exactly well, so these and, people well, want to pay money well you exactly see so it, but, as, as a money thing obviously but besides that now we are asking okay so is it that we are spending 0.9 billion in hmm. billion right was the hmm. figure 0.9 billion right hmm. um in COVID, like in shot, for COVID, <laughs> right? 0.9 billion for COVID, and at no point anything was put, like, I mean, if it is money, have to pay. I mean, I'm not saying money, yeah. have to pay, but is it that it's right. just like, it we can't tie, like, I mean, let's no. talk about it with the, with the public, really, because people, they came and said they didn't know nothing about nothing when it comes to anyhow. And, no, I mean, no, no, but here the heights say, Larry Tex now make a good point there. COVID, COVAX, you gotta pay for that, you know? Yeah, the sun was in the yeah. yeah, but it is subsidized. But okay, it's subsidized. But 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 let me make this point: two things. Um, and I want to be fair to the government. Uh, because Dr. Rowley did come up on uh, news. I think it was a couple of weeks ago when he did a consultation with the nation and said, "Listen, um, you know, the issue is not the money to purchase these things. The problem is the availability." Yeah, the sun. So to me, I don't think is is completely an issue of money. I think the issue is, listen, let me give you all your perspective. It's 10 years I work in procurement, feeling in engineering and Trinidad. 
Trinidad procurement backward like 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 no other. Up to now, we don't have no e-tender system to run public procurement. People can't tell me about procurement. I I, I, I could tell all you. You understand? And just to run e-tenders for a project that I had done just before I left Trinidad was a nightmare. You understand what I'm saying? They're attempting to, to, to rectify a lot of these things with the new procurement legislation and that kind of thing. But like with everything else, it's taking a million years. And the health sector would be even worse. So what you would find with the health sector is they will have to go through existing procurement frameworks, which will either be NIDCO or NIPDEC or UDICOT or whatever state agencies that structure to do procurement, and they will have to now engage um, things in order to get that done. So understand where that mafia coming from, but the, but the private people now ain't had to go through that. Them just say, listen, if we had to make money and we are a medical institution, um because it seems like it's a medical institution the man referring to and you know we had to get a a, a mass vaccination we can't wait to get these covax shipments here what we have suppliers we have connections uh we could get it at a good market rate we have connections to the serum institute of india and whoever it is manufacturing in belgium and so on we want a shipment boom you bring it down money talks you understand so the question is why is the health the health people not talking to these people and 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 in a different and that what we talk about today soe is a kind of heavy hand approach to the covid thing rather than uh 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 um you know, a complimentary so instead of running on these people and say listen all well, they're doing illegal and whatnot listen the people seem to have better technology that given access the nation needs vaccines. Right. Fellas, come forward. Let me pull it out of the black market. Show we how it is you're getting it done. And let me work with you in order to bring in whatever and thing. And, and let me end this vaccine thing. That is, that is my out of the press thing. All right, Sam? brother. Hear you. Hear you loud and clear. Well, since we're on the, on the topic of the vaccine and we talk on, the, on the local issues, let me move a little sidestep now into this issue of the um, CEO of NWRHA hmm. Davlin Thomas hmm. and that situation. Now, um, as far as I am aware, what we have there is a real, um, I don't know, like, what can I say? I, I would say a, mis, a misdirection on the part of um, the NCRHA. This has mm -hmm. to do, this has to do with, with um, the... Yeah, well, well, this has to do with the Kuva facility. Now, the Kuva facility, for those who may not be aware or can't don't remember or are confused that is the everyone call it premier covid facility at this point in time because that is the whole kuva hospital right that we mm. all know on the highway being utilized for covid patients right and there was a release given out by i believe a few sources one being um the unc where they said that um that there has been the movement of certain officers out of the Kuva facility because they contested certain things, right? So that goes to show that there's a, a bit of a political slant to, to what is being done because the UNC jump on it, obviously, right? Mm -hmm. But we can see now that something really amiss because the first is like, what really went on there? But yeah. something really am amiss when it is you have, when you have... Uh, a CEO of a, of a regional health authority saying that because they were changed, because these senior doctors were moved, there were 60% less deaths in Kuva. So are you trying to say that these Man. doctors were so inept, right? 
that they were killing people because sixty percent is not is not one point two percent, right? That's and you say now you trying to tell me that's how we were sixty percent less deaths, and yet the figures for the nation when it comes to COVID deaths has not really changed when it comes to in when it comes to that that statistic of deaths, it has not really shown a drop. So the, the major the major um facility where you're taking the, the patients who in the need, need the highest amount of care, you're trying to tell me that that dead went down by 60 and the whole country. So that means it would have gone up in other places. Um, I don't know. Like, it's very strange now. And it goes to show that there is some kind of, you know, pol political side to this whole thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not, it, it is the politicizing of COVID-19 in um, Trinidad and Tobago. And that is very sad. Yeah. And, 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 and you see, on top of that cutter, you don't understand, as um, Joma pointed out, the, the medical association jumped on the case one time, you understand, because this, mm -hmm. this they ain't going to tolerate that, you understand what I'm saying? So 60% uh, is ridiculous. The man clearly don't know what he's talking about. And mm -hmm. as, as I was telling earlier, I know about the man in another dispensation. The man is the worst. You understand what I'm saying? I go say flat. The man is the worst. And the numbers the man come out with is showing that. But we have us understand we have a public system whereby many CEOs and managing directors that are appointed of these organizations are political appointees. You understand? I can tell you I had to deal with a couple of them. You understand what I'm saying? And while some of them, you know, you really think, well, you know, have the experience and qualification. It has some of them that is just waste of time, and them fellas just there to do what politics say to do. And the reality is that we have a sad exactly. situation now of it interacting with a very serious situation with the public that affecting doctors. And, is... and Paris Ram didn't back him. Paris Ram said, But I really don't know what you're talking about. You understand what I'm saying? In the article, there it said that. You understand? So to me, yeah, it's a matter sad. of them trip because understand this cutter, if he's the CEO. He's the one who have to sign off on these same doctors' performance appraisals and that kind of thing, you know. So the doctors are right to get the medical association involved. They are to get the lawyers involved and that kind of thing. So yeah. that on, they understand that, you know what I mean? Let me be let me be fair because this is the industrial court situation, you understand what I'm saying? That are proper industrial relations in dealing with these matters. You can't just move people around just because you feel like it. Yeah, but and as and as we are seeing, right, there are political appointments all the time, but you need to put qualified people, right, with some form of impartiality to a certain degree, at least. Yeah, but in, why, in, Cutter? In, in these roles. Why? Why? Because they don't have to. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I, I ain't going to call names. You understand what I'm saying? But yeah, I tell you, I deal to. with men. You understand mm -hmm. that, that, right. that men just awarding contracts. Yeah, just yeah, for yeah. what I'm calling it, they get instruction, you understand what I'm saying? And they want you to the line, you understand? So, so speaking you know of, what I mean? Mm -hmm, speaking of contract, 155 bag of cement, and I see people saying they have well, a bag, they have bag of cement for sale. How much you calling? What is your price? Call your price. I have a bag of cement. What you offer it? Call your price. Well, so, where's that one? Use the, use the construction, man. Use the construction, man. Where's that one? That's a normal price for cement? No, well, let me get a little background on this. Cement before, when it had a hike in cement prices, and in the country, we had to deal with construction claims from contractors, you know, coming in with high cement prices of 6% and that kind of thing. The price at that time was $45 a bag, and that was two years ago. Oh, you understand? So when you're reaching $150 a bag, yeah, oh but NPCL, NPCL shut down though, they're producing nothing right now. So it kind of makes it, sense. 
Yeah, but oh gosh, a hundred. So who gonna be that Tory and the taxpayers boy? Oh gosh, boy. When that, TCL that, shut that, down, that... what TCL no. shut down for? They shut down for COVID. But it's COVID. So the question is, where these right. men getting getting semen from? If well, they ain't getting it from TCL, they, they must have had stocks in the in in in, in the warehouse, in the back of the warehouse. Mm. Well, I hope. <laughs> well, well, well. Hold on. Where Butch? I know Butch usually and, and Butch from the bureau standards. The bureau, I hope the bureau standards shutting down um faulty cement and thing because you understand TCL has certain standards. You can't get no mafia um cement from the back of some container. And throwing the people eight story building. So I hope the bureau has standards checking all of this or not, not, you know. And you know, hundred and fifty dollars of cement, you know, the money matter. You understand? I guess uh, so. see, we, I we're guess moving so. into the future here now. Um, hmm. slowly but surely, and some call just bought Monte Placa. Is that how you pronounce it? Solar farms yeah. in the what Dominican Republic, is that? Yeah, is that, but is the that, is, that is good. But the thing is, this is not and some first dip into the into the Solar energy, well, not clean energy, I should say, in 2018, they buy a wind park in Costa Rica. So, Anthony McCall been looking to the future for some time now. But is it, but is it for our future or is it for just their future? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you asking like, me? I look like Anthony McCall to you. Right. No, well, there it is. You understand? Because at the end of the day, them understand that you have to diversify portfolio. I can tell you the Ministry of Energy trying to diversify for over 10 years now and can't diversify yet. You understand? But clearly the private sector is showing how easy it is to diversify things. Now, I ain't saying it easy in the sense of, you know, just get up all morning and the government could diversify. But where there's a will, there's a way. And if it is they looking to diversify and, you know, you have renewable energy masters running in, in, in UTT, I could tell you, you understand, and over 70 students a year when, when you have Lockjack suffering to get two, three people for a certain cohort, you understand, so, so the demand is there in the country. People want to learn about renewable energy and this kind of thing. And some are called willing to invest. Come now, man. Let we let, let, let we roll again. Let's get there. Let's get there. Let's get there. Let we make it happen. You know, but yeah, they will have to. But they will still first have to deal with the with 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 the hurdle that in T and Tech Section Fifty Three of the Regulated um, RAC Act makes uh, renewable energy and contributing to the grid illegal. So you had to cross that boundary. It's illegal. The price of solar power panels, as Nick is saying, there's through the roof, right? But right. in places like but Barbados, it is subsidized because the price of electricity here is very cheap. So what we are times cheaper than the rest right? of the Caribbean. You know, so we oh, really? end so yeah. 13. So mm -hmm. why we want solar for why we said in the future with solar for when we get in that and people don't realize, you know, just like the subsidy on the gas in your car, people don't realize mm -hmm. that. This is not the price that these things are, Nadrat. You know, I'm not. No, well, let me forget price. how things yeah, sweet. Is is a triple subsidy cutter? Let me carry it for that. Is a triple subsidy? We have um, whatever the name, the 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 the, the power gendong in in library, right? Operating off natural gas. Natural gas is subsidized to NGC. NGC then subsidizes to Tiantech. Tech. Tech then subsidizes to the customer wow. via rate. Right. So it's what you call the triple subsidy effect, which right, skews right. the market. So that is why we are 13%, 13 times cheaper than um, Barbados and Antigua and all of those other places. So why go solar? And yet, 
we seen pressure because speaking on not cheaper, eighteen dollars mm. for Shagonas the Sando taxi fare increase by four dollars. More than sixty percent <laughs> of taxi drivers across TNT have increased their fares during this what? pandemic time. Because I mean, there's a whole um cut back on how much they can have. You know, it's a hard uh, time yeah. for the taxi drivers. So it we have three dollar increase. We have a dollar increase. We have four dollar increase. The traveling man, how we meet, how we move in. You understand? Hey, people, I realize a lot of people, a lot yeah, of people who belong to a certain, you know, livelihood, a certain lifestyle, a certain class, and thing in Trinidad don't realize what the the person who has to travel going through. Yeah, they don't man. understand any person who have to who is looking forward to to building an extension, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, going through they that the people these people you know and people who you talking about people who didn't have work for a while, who most likely travel to their work, right? If you understand what I'm saying, there are people mm-hmm. who who uh, yeah. think about it, this average person is a is a is a is a, a waiter, right? Right? That's that, that's what that's what he does. He ain't have work for a long while. When he does have work now, he had to pay four dollars mm-hmm. more to go mm-hmm. to where he had to go, right? Mm-hmm. And then hundred and fifty dollars for the bag of cement to build. Mm-hmm. To build where you're you know, to block up your downstairs feature and to you know it's, what I mean? it's yeah, crazy yeah. when you think about what certain people face now with the change in their you know their budgets for, yeah, for what they what they're accustomed to. It's crazy, it's crazy, it's crazy. Um crazy. and well obviously we want to get into you know easing into this topic of the SOE, which we are really here to talk about, and we are going to bring on our guest in a minute or two. And the first thing I would want to bring up is the fact that we had the public holiday of Indian Arrival Day on Monday. And it was Monday? Yeah, Monday. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know when you yeah. arrive, bro? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> dog, dog, dog. He's mena. He's home, <laughs> at home every day, right? <laughs> right? Um, and then we have Corpus Christi tomorrow. All right? Now... Yes. With, with that, we had the extended, well, the well, or the the extended curfew. If you want to, right? Mm-hmm. The extended curfew, right? right? Less time you can be outside. Five a.m. to ten a.m. partner. Hmm. People playing ball by the beat on the highway. I see that. Mm-hmm. Right? That's no right. cars on the road. So men sweating on 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 the beat highway. Trust now that is too. something. That is something you know really you know, unheard of in my um, lifetime that I could remember to not True. be able to go outside, right? And again... Oh, I thought you mean sweating these, on the highway because that's, that's yeah. unheard of for me too. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, that as well, right? Although, I mean, I could try it now and then right here too, but uh, I will hear me on the papers next day. But um, the, the thing is that um, these are measures that are being taken all over the Caribbean, eh? Jamaica, you know, St. Vincent had a very dread curfew, I believe. St. Vincent, I believe it was. Um, and, you know, we really have to w- look at these things not in our bubble. Because people will be like, yeah, they, yeah. They, you know, they might beat up about it. Because these things are, these are the, the measures people are taking. However, I was, I was kind of confused as to why we are even having holidays during our SOE. Because we are having these curfews because... It's a public holiday, and the public and and my only reason for thinking about that is because we stopped vaccinating on the public holidays, and mm. it's two public holidays, you know, 
back to back pretty much in a time where you know we should be vaccinated true and true right true now because you're looking at five thousand vaccines per day i believe five thousand vaccines per day or something like that um you're looking at a few thousand people well oh bobby does it at 24 curfew you hear all about these things and and you know it really it really begs the question of what really is the nature of the state of emergency because i would think that if we're in a state of emergency I would think that we we wouldn't need to have a public holiday per se, but again, that is up for debate, I guess. But to really bring context and knowledge about this topic, I would really um, need someone with specialized skills. All right, mm -hmm. and that's why we sure. have our friend tonight, Fiola Sandy. Right, Fiola is an attorney at law. She has worked in the area of civil and criminal law and she's here with us tonight yes fix up there the are we seeing you right right she's here with us tonight thank you for coming on to the show Fiola how are you so you hearing me there you hearing us you hearing us I think so you hearing us Fiola there's a little lag I think there's a big lag is a big lag taking place. All right, let me pause for two seconds here. Yeah. yeah. She say, she's saying good night there. Well, she was. Let me see if I can bring she back. Well, you know how this is go. The night. Ah, we can, you know, I think. Fiola. Yeah, I mean, I'm a bit slow. Yeah. Hi, good night. Um, thanks for inviting me. I, on. I will take off I will take off my, my camera for a while if that okay. would, would help probably. Okay. Hearing us now, Fayola. Are we in sync now? I guess not. Okay, hang on a second. Okay, hi. So everybody can see and hear me now. Good night. Yeah, Are you hearing yeah. us? Are you hearing us, Fiola? I'm hearing you. Yeah, I'm hearing you okay. really well. Okay. I'm okay, just right. I'm seeing that I'm, I'm, I'm having a delayed um, response. Okay, well, we're hearing you. If anything, we might ask you to stop the camera a little later because that might solve the issue. Sure. I think sometimes that happened with our, with our, um, one of our guests a few weeks ago. The same thing was happening. So we're sorry about that. Um, Fiola, um, That's okay. just uh, give a little context on a little background on yourself for the audience can you tell us a little bit about how you got into your your field like what what um is your what was a part of your journey to being a lawyer a little bit about it you know when you became a lawyer all of that a little, little something a little something okay well um yeah. essentially to be honest this was not my career path i did mm -hmm. psychology first okay. and well i lived in the uk for a period of time and i came back home and when I came here, I decided that I would, I would do law because I have a sister who is an attorney already. Right. So that's why. And um, I think everybody thought it was a really good career choice as I have a real problem. Um, what is the word? Um, I have a problem arguing my point then. <laughs> so my whole family was like, yeah, this is possibly the profession for you. Yeah. You have yeah. a problem always being right. That's what you're trying to say. Well... <laughs> I hope yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's one other for once have a better words. For once well, have a better words. Well, I think I, I personally think that it is your calling because I know 
you and how you just take on certain issues and how you, you carry about yourself about when it comes to certain things on Facebook and things, but I never really get to hear expound on it like tonight. So we're looking forward to hearing a little bit about that. But tell us, Fiola. I think Torren, Torren, um, you could probably come back on. I think we we okay there for now. Um Fiola, when it comes to the issue of the SOE, right? There's so much people say when it comes to curfew, do we need you know the curfew? Um, do we need the SOE to have the curfew and all of this? And what is our SOE? So you tell us, how, how can you explain to us what exactly is a state of emergency? Well, um, disclaimer, when I was invited on, <laughs> I really didn't appreciate the amount of jurisprudential arguments surrounding this issue. But this is, a, this is a really serious issue that touches a lot on constitutionality and human rights. So I think like before we could even discuss essentially what a state of emergency is, I think, you know, I'm, it might be presumptuous of me to assume that we first have to establish that we are in a democracy and what that means and essentially what are the branches of government that operate in a democracy. So Trinidad and Tobago is considered a parliamentary democracy and as a result of that we would have the three branches of government. The three branches of government that operate are the legislature, um, the executive and the judiciary. They are all separate. Um, they are all separate branches of, of government that seek to work together to ensure always being represented. So the legislature is essentially the branch of government that would be responsible for making legislation or new laws. The executive is essentially the branch of government that would administer those laws. And thirdly, the judiciary is there to interpret the law. So in a democracy, as in Trinidad, these are the, these are the branches of government that exist. And they are there to ensure, essentially, a very old principle of the you know, rule of law. Separation of powers is a principle of the rule of law, which ensures that democracies um, operate as they should. So essentially, um, when we are talking about the state of emergency, before we even get to the state of emergency, we need to understand right. like, like what, what exactly is a state of emergency. Because in right. my task of trying to define the state of emergency, I realized that <laughs> there is no, there's no definition per se. You're right. There's no real strict one the, definition well, in for the state of emergency. In 1931, the UK Privy Council would have ruled that... Um, the a state of emergency doesn't permit of any exact definition, right? And I guess after having read around the subject, one could appreciate, well, after I hope you could appreciate why, because emergencies are exigencies that we cannot always anticipate. So to have a definition would be to stymie a response then from whom whatever power needs to respond to the emergency, right? So to define it would be to to basically kind of uh, restrict its use. Right, 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 right. right. But, but just for, for clarity's sake now, I think mm -hmm. it, there are certain features. Okay, sorry. Right. Yeah, um, so in, in the yeah, context, but in the context of Trinidad, yeah, in the context of Trinidad and, and how we interpret the SOE, because we understand, depending on the style of governance, that you have around the world, SOE may mean different things. Even the mm -hmm. definition of SOE um, may mean different things. Um, so in the context of... Trinidad, sorry, Dorian, I, I can't hear. I'm, I'm hearing only... 
You're not hearing him? I'm, I'm hearing him break. He's, he's breaking out. Okay, um, okay. Stay alert, take off your certificate, go to the bottom and stop calm. I think yes, it's I up to calm. Yeah. Things might um, Things might help. Talk okay, there, Lassie. Yeah, you, you're hearing, Phelan? Please. I got here. Hearing better? Hearing better? Anything? You hearing him? Anything? Hearing? You hearing me? Yeah. I'm hearing you very clearly. We're not hearing you. Hear, but I'm hearing, hearing that, that, that Lassie is possibly going in and out. Okay, okay, okay. Mm. That's not, I, I hear mm -hmm. you're fine, Lassie. All your, well, all your you us, yeah, but let's let's so let see. Let me let me stop and see. All right, you hearing now? I she's not hearing you that well. I, I'm hearing I you right now. I'm hearing you right now. Okay, good, good. Yeah, it I'm has to do with the bandwidth cutter. Perfect, yeah. okay. perfect. Right. So yeah. So, so what, what I'm saying, Fiola, is that in the context of Trinidad, right, uh, which would be a very different case to different places around the world, uh, depending mm. on government type and that kind of thing. Um, would you say then that? perhaps a, a reasonable interpretation of SOE for us could be um, probably, uh, and this was one that I got from the UN, exceptional situations that justify mm. some limitation on rights mm. slash freedoms. Yeah. Would you say that's yeah. reasonable? I would say that is the reasonable, and I think that is accurate as well. You, we, we have okay. to, that is what I had to do eventually to, to get an understanding of it. You have have to look international instruments so not right. only are we to are we governed by our local domestic legislation but we also have international obligations right and those international obligations essentially would basically stipulate in what circumstances um a nation state can um depart from the normal legal and constitutional order Right. And right. how they right. say in what circumstances that happens. So essentially what what a state of emergency essentially encapsulates is the idea that um, when a threat, a threat to the life of a nation exists, essentially extraordinary measures, which which would depart from the normal legal and constitutional order. Those things we may, may be required to cope with the threat. Right. So right. these measures, but the, the fundamental part about all of this is that these things are not essentially done in a vacuum. In that, there must be the the, the international law is very um, certain on it. There must be a sense of urgency. There must be a sense of concreteness, and there must have a temporal and a, a temporal element to it, meaning that it cannot be extended for for you know very arbitrary and long periods of time right 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 i hear you I okay hear you. so so just to bring that into the trinidad to the context of trinidad and tobago essentially part three of the constitution of trinidad and tobago contains provisions allowing for extraordinary measures okay right, right. and those so provisions those is extraordinary measures yeah so those extraordinary measures are really only in times of emergency. So when you look at part three of the constitution, you will see part three, it starts, um, well, section seven stipulates that a power is given to the president and that power is an emergency power, right? That they may require to, be, to, to deal with a threat, essentially. And then section eight, one will then say that the president can proclaim a state of emergency. So that is the act of proclamation. 
right? However, right. that proclamation cannot just be in a vacuum once more. That proclamation has to contain certain declarations. And that is that the president is satisfied that a public emergency has arisen and that the nature, he must, the president must also, must also declare essentially the nature of the public emergency. Right, right. So, so, and there was a pro proclamation by Paula Weeks, I believe. Yes, um, there was a proclamation. Right. So, I mean, you know, that, that goes without saying. Um, now, um, something that, that, again, I don't know exactly if you would be able to answer because, again, it, some of these things, as you say, you have to dig back deep to really figure out certain aspects of it. But is it that in Trinidad, in order for us to have curfew, we need to have a state of emergency? Well, essentially, no. Because, okay, so right. I, so, okay, let me caveat that. Um, yeah. Essentially, when I have looked at my state of emergency and I've been looking at curfew, sometimes they may have been used interchangeably, but they, they are, they, the consequences don't seem to be the same. So essentially, right. in a state of emergency, our rights are, well, the word suspended is used a lot. Mm -hmm. Our human rights are suspended. Essentially, our constitutional rights are suspended. But suspended, I think, is the wrong word. Okay. I right. think that it is modified. And it is modified right. to the extent that it deals with the exigency. All right? right. Or the emergency. Or the threat. Because, because suspended would mean, like, human rights go. But it's like, we still have human rights to some degree. But it's modified. I understand what they're saying there. I, yeah, I, there I, is still yeah. an oversight, I believe, of the court. I, I think there are two, two arguments when it comes to a state mm -hmm. of emergency. Some people think mm -hmm. that it is outside of the legal regime. And, mm -hmm. and there are arguments that it is within. I right. think that it is within. It is within. It, there is the, the Constitution allows for it. It is within the legal regime. And therefore, it would be subject to um, review. Right. So Definitely. The, the issue is because of the emergency nature of it. This right. is what this is the this is the 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 issue. I think it is because an, uh, a real emergency has been identified, which threatens the nation as a whole. In so, our lifetime, from what I see, is only when we have a set of emergencies, we have curfews. Whereas I think in nations where, like you know, they would have emergencies in terms of their history when it comes to war and all these kind of things like you know the world wars and so on you know these these european countries and so on they like in belgium and right now you know they don't have a state of emergency but yeah. they destroy a curfew on the people you know what i mean yeah. i i don't know if in if in other places in the caribbean if the curfew is is um synonymous with the state of emergency, and I, I guess I guess it isn't, but it just seems I like I can't here, say that it, I, I can't yeah. I can't say that it is. I don't think yeah. that it is. I think that a curfew, if we are taking it in its normal everyday meaning, is like a certain stipulated period of time for which you cannot be out or for which you have to stay in a certain area. Right. And a Definitely. state of emergency, then we have mm -hmm. we have laws here which suspends. Right, mm, like the use of yeah. that word, but essentially yeah. it modifies your modifies. your rights right. under the constitution. Yeah. All right, Leslie, take it away there. Yeah, uh, so Fiola, just to just to uh, sort of frame the discussion uh, in looking at this this uh, definition down here, uh, I want to start by understanding exceptional situations 
uh, limitations and then rights of freedoms. And to bring in a case um, in the Philippines where uh, uh, they've, to me, they've carried that that state of emergency well beyond, um, you know, those limit those those rights and freedoms. Starting wow. in exceptional situations, um, what would um, what do you think in this situation justify the exceptional situations? Is it related to uh, the number of deaths that we're seeing, the number of cases, or the number of COVID cases? Because the question of what is going to prompt the release of the SOE is interesting to, I think, the national public. Because then if it's deaths or if it's cases, then when that starts to drop, um, you know, we... we All right. We so I it. think, Fayola, I'm not hearing Leslie properly. And this question seems so interesting. I heard something yes, about the Philippines. But, but he, yes. he was saying, I think his main thing was, do what what extenuating circumstances do you think trigger triggered the SOE and is it and is it justified? So let's see you're asking her who pro, her professional opinion in that regard, right? Yes, correct. You're asking her. You yeah. Say, looking at the words, exceptional, exceptional situation. What what yeah? Right? What defines it in terms of is it deaths or is it cases? And whatever defines that. Is it that we could use that as a benchmark when we want to say, well, let's let's take let's get out of the SOE now? So, in other words, when the deaths reach a certain reduced amount or the cases mm -hmm. reaches a reduced amount, how how do you look? How do you define exceptional situations? Okay, so firstly, I think the Constitution deals with the extension of it, right? So, Section Ten of the Constitution would say that the state of emergency can be extended from time to time. However, it cannot be extended past a three-month period, and in aggregate, it cannot exceed a six-month period, right? right? Now, what you're asking is, in terms of whether or not the state of emergency, what, what were the alleging was the accentuating circumstances? Yeah, the extreme circumstances. Well, like, I think... And, and in other words, is there any type of um, benchmark, besides the, the benchmarks that will be set after this, was the... Do we have some kind of benchmark within the legality of it that says, okay, this is the kind of thing that, uh, like, you know, is it death? Is it is it national security? Is it um is is it that cases COVID is cases? It, is it is it is it cases of a, of a, of COVID in this case COVID or any type of plague per se, right? As as they would say, um, uh, it, or is it that generally, in on the flip side, can the powers that be say we in a state of emergency? Because we feel like that, and then we, that brings Correct. us into the that brings us into the discussion about the last state of emergency in a bit. Mm -hmm. So, do you think that would you say in your professional opinion it is really directly up to the discretion of the powers that be and the president to say state of emergency or not? Like, you know, well, if they unfortunately, feel like it. Mm -hmm. well, it's not if they feel like it. You see, that's the point. Mm -hmm. It's not if they feel mm -hmm. like it, but. The way that it is set up, that emergency power is available for use, right? Now, the, gov the executive is going to argue that they are in the most advantageous state to determine whether or not we need to be in a state of emergency. They are going to say, listen, we are the executive. We have all of the information available to us. We know what power we have. We know what restrictions we are facing. Based on the information available to us, we are, do not have the power to adequately deal with this emergency. And as such, we are making a recommendation that the president proclaims a state of emergency. The president, based on the information given to them by the executive, can look at the information and then, based on that information, make a decision. Right Now, the information put forward by the, the prime minister in this instant, and based on what I've read, I could be corrected, essentially is the... the the upsurge in the number of cases, right? 
Right. Now, so right, mm-hmm. right. Now, a state of emergency has to have a temporal component, meaning that it cannot just be for an indefinite period of time because we are moving from then a democracy and into an authoritarian government, right? right? Our government has stipulated that the state of emergency will last for a three-month period. In the circumstances, based on all of the information that I would have read so far, they can justify the state of emergency because they can say, okay, so essentially, if we were to look at it like there's a state of emergency where we are under threat of terrorist attack. Now, because we cannot put any concrete date on that terrorist attack, because we do not know the agency which which a terrorist attack is going to take place, we cannot then implement a state of emergency because in those circumstances, we do not have all of the evidence available to us, right? And therefore, mm-hmm. putting a state of emergency is going to be arbitrary without concreteness, without a stipulated period of time to run. Yes? Right, right. So right. In, in this circumstance the government is going to say, listen, this is an ongoing issue. And in fact, the issue is ongoing to a point where it is getting so, you know, out of our control. And as a result of that, we must, um, we must now implement a state of emergency. Now, I read, I read the Hansard of that. It was the 24th sitting of, uh, of the parliament. I, I read the debate in, in that. And, um, you know, both sides had very... The noteworthy the opposition was not opposing the state of um, the state of um, emergency based on what I read. That, that is okay. very commendable, I would say. Looking at yeah. the track record of they the opposition, not... <laughs> right. no, because I mean, honestly, they would have probably been like, "Well, yeah, okay." But I think the mm-hmm. the issues that were brought up in that arena was essentially why we came to the position where state of emergency was necessary, which was not something that was being debated at that point in time. So, 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 so the, there we have Leslie there. Yeah, yeah, so, I'm hearing you, well. you hearing? Okay, great. Yeah. Um, so, so let me ask this question. If um, so, that's an interesting bit of information to know that the SOE has to have that temporal component. Huh? So, mm-hmm. what that then tells me is that they have to set a limit to the SOE. So, if they set a limit to the SOE in terms of time, then essentially we're not looking at the number of cases or can they, when this SOE finish, let me say they, they, they go for the full three months and the cases mm. and deaths is not where it needs to be. Can they extend for another three months right after that until well, the deaths and, and, and thing comes down to where they need it to be? Well, that would have to be something that would have to be justified in the circumstances. But from a common sense perspective, if it is that we are constantly in a position where, you know, we are social distancing, and the numbers keep going up, the numbers keep going up, and the numbers keep going up. And we are social distancing. I don't know in a circumstance if that, that is a justifiable then means to the end, which is the solution. But yeah. so far, I mean, you know, I guess they would be going off of what other governments would have done and yeah. how that may have worked for them. Well, I, I mean, think sh- an important thing to consider, which I don't know, mm-hmm. which I probably should mm-hmm. have read before I, I came on, was essentially there are... Um, ways in which it can be reviewed. Right. So what you can have is checks and balances on the the executive power, not immediately, of course, but in like a post hoc Mm -hmm. kind of scenario where after the fact we come back to parliament, you know? Right. And and I'll tell you why that's so important for you, because... To me, I am still unclear 
mm-hmm. what actual measurable reason they took to push us into the SOE. We know it was bad, but we were at stay-at-home orders before, which graduated to lockdown, which graduated to SOE, and um, you actually had the the DOMA people meeting and asking for an extreme version of the SOE, which is a dangerous world, I think, to go into, because that is what they have in the Philippines, what they call enhanced community quarantine. (laughs) So it's all sorts of fancy names. What is that, that, Lassie? What is enhanced community quarantine? So it's exactly what Doma was asking for, an extreme version of the SOE. So to me, we're basically using the words SOE, but Doma is saying that was when they were asking for the whole of Sunday to be curfewed. You understand what I'm saying? Um, and mm. they got pushed back from the supermarkets authority saying, well, no, we don't want that because that's when we get our most amount of business clients and that mm. kind of thing. Um, so, I mean, I'll, I'll come to the Philippine case later on, but what, what I just want to get at is what is the measurable, measurable number, be it either cases or deaths, that would have triggered them going into the SOE? And I'm saying that I don't know, and shouldn't we as a population know? Um, yeah, I, I think that that may have been... I didn't recall reading any of that in the Hansard, but I'm sure that that information might have been available as to what triggered it. I mean, the justification for its ongoing status or the justification for calling it in the first instance. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems to me to be in line with what, what emergency powers they do have to prevent against this issue. Now, right. I think I think the issue that might be upsetting to to to, to face as well, you know, is 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 a situation where we feel like we're doing everything we could possibly do, and the situation itself is not, you know, getting any better. I think it's a bit demoralizing, but I mm. don't know what else could have been, you know. Well, I am not a yeah yeah any yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't have, health official. Right. I don't know, you know. Your yeah. background, but you, but yeah. but I mean, but it's it it is um commonplace for the for citizens to think about this and say well what it is really going on because um Correct. when you look when, when does, you look when, when you it look stop? at it yeah because when you look at it because i i more uh, when it stop is one thing yeah that's Ooh. definitely obviously yeah uh, that well that is the main thing but when you coming back to what you said Leslie mm-hmm. you saying you know what is we don't know what is the measurable um exactly uh, 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 the the trigger you know what right. what is the quantifiable trigger for the SOE, right. because from what I gauge, and I remember I used to be just watching what's mm. going on and thinking, yeah. thinking, Correct. and already know what's going on because I'm not there in the cabinet with them, right? right? But um, it seems to me that the way the authorities tackle the situation is such that because from the onset since last year, people like Israel Khan and so on called for an SOE. They say who wrote in the papers and so on and saying right. time time for the SOE. You understand? Because mm. there's no way when it's when it's after the first lockdown, it's like there's no way you're going to get people to lock down themselves unless you lock them down legally because they're not going to be able because you cannot because you cannot legally tell people you cannot go up the highway, which they were trying to do and they got in hot water for that. Because the police right. were stopping people on the highway last year when we had the first right. lockdown and telling people you are from Gasparillo. Why are you going up the road? That is not a good reason. Right. Turn around on the flyover there and go home. And Correct. people, you and know, well, like... Was, and, like and, right? and I'll, tell, I'll tell you why that is so critical, Cutter. 
is that, and, and we just got a question from one of the commenters there that, that, that hit the nail on the head. The, the reason from my understanding had to do with the capacity of the healthcare system mm. and that the healthcare system was approaching maximum. And right. that is why they did it. Now, why that is so important is that that was the same reason that the Philippines used over a year ago, them went on SOE since March last year. You understand mm. what I'm saying? And they went on it because of the same reason. Now, what has happened is that it has freed up their healthcare system. So it's not as overburdened as it was before. But what has mm. happened now is that Duterte is refusing to release the SOE um, because his reasoning for the original pushing into the SOE wasn't clear. So the UN and all of these agencies now are coming in and trying to come down on him and saying, listen, you need to release the SOE and you need to bring back things to normal because the, the hospitals are no longer at capacity. Definitely. And yeah, that's really what's going on here. Continue. So Still. that's an international checks. You know, there's the international covenants and civil and, and political rights. And there are international checks as well. On you know, mm -hmm. we have to measure because I was talking to sending people back on the side. Right. So, oh, I'm I'm seeing a question by Miss Maharaj. Mm -hmm. So essentially, yeah, that is no, that is illegal. Yeah. So we have emergency regulations. The emergency regulations would stipulate what we can and we cannot do. What is the issue there is what I think that we what needs to be done, and I have been is that our police officers need to get a code of practice. Mm. Practice that properly stipulate how they are to treat with the citizenry and how they are to treat on the whole with, with, with themselves, with, with the police station, with the reporting, with the diaries, with everything. It, it should be regulated basis so that everybody knows their role and everybody their rule. If it is, right. we do not have a stipulated um, codes of practice for police. What do we see? If we don't have rules and we don't have regulations governing something, what happens is it is abused. You know, right. traditionally, that power is abused and is normally yeah. with power. So yeah. we know, we know, I have, um, having done criminal law before. We know that police officers routinely abuse their power. I feel bad, though, because in the past, I have not acknowledged the fact that I have really been, you know, one-sided in my critique of the police, you know? And I think that is right, unfair right. because the police as well needs to be assisted. And, they, and when I speak to them after right. a while and I, I speak to police officers about, you know, the situation, they were like, yeah, but we want the situation resolved as well. A lot of them are also quite frustrated with the situation, want everything to be more regulated, more streamlined, more ordered, you know. So yeah. in that circumstance, Definitely. no, once the, the emergency regulations and emergency regulations kind of say kind of drive up the highway. How is driving right. up the right. highway going to perpetuate the, the spread of the, of the virus? You have but to when you say the, this emergency, these emergency regulations, are you talking about emergency regulations in terms of the sta a state of emergency? Or are we talking about generally or something? No, no, no. I'm talking about now. The state of emergency, there right, are emergency now. regulations, which, and, you know, if you are not sure about, right. you can go and you can find them. I wonder if I can get the link. I'll right. probably try to get the link. Okay. As well. yeah, we, could, we could probably throw that up on the, on the high stream page tomorrow if we can get exactly. a link. Exactly. Now, yeah. now, um, now, the thing about it is that... Um, it it is it does come down to you know this whole thing about the the capacity in the 
in the hospitals and all that. But it's as, it is as if, you know, we wait for that to happen in order to say, okay, well, that's the last chance now. You want to say something, Lessie? I'll say, yeah, I just want to say yeah. something there. Um, so, so bring, just coming back to the definition, Fiola, where it said exceptional situations that justify some limitation. So mm-hmm. we, we talk a bit about exceptional situations and we understand the different parameters of the SOE and whether capacity of hospital and whatnot is what we're going to use to ease off those, those sort of restrictions. But bringing the conversation now to limitations. Limitations now start to bring up the question of consequences, Fiola. If people mm-hmm. doesn't comply with the SOE, so this is like what Kota talking about on the highway and that kind of, what kind of consequences to the SOE people have to face if they breach well, the SOE? Is it that you're getting jail? Is it that you're getting fined? Okay. How, so, you know? Well, you are getting fined. So we'll start off first. So firstly, mm-hmm. under the regulation 8 of the state of emergency, police officers can arrest you without warrants. That is arrest without warrants, meaning that the Trinidad and Tobago Defense Force has been granted police powers. So essentially... Mm-hmm. They can arrest anyone without a warrant who they reasonably believe has acted or is acting in a way to kind of compromise public health or public safety, right? They could use whatever force is necessary to arrest you in circumstances like that. Whoa. Um, Whoa. Yeah. What? Really? As in whatever force is necessary? To subdue you, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. I'm going to pull it up now, yeah. The officer but may is, use is, force as may appear to him to be necessary for the arrest or to prevent the person's escape. Right. Well, okay. That so, is a so, part but, of arrest. So in a normal arrest circumstances, those would be stipulated, right. you know? You would, right. if somebody trying to fight you or trying to run away, you know, you would have to use the necessary force to subdue them. So that right. power is given to them, you know? Mm-hmm. Right? You get $250,000 fine and you can get six months jail time for breaching the state of um, emergency regulations. Right? So, Anyone so who contributes to regulation. So them people that were sweating and so on, on on the highway, them could get six months? So they will get, yeah. Well, you, you could get um, a fine and imprisonment, but they normally don't, don't do that. But the fine is 250000 and imprisonment of 16 months. So yeah, yeah. that's the charge. Part 18 of the regulation states that, you know. Hmm. So serious consequences. So... so so essentially, in circumstances like this, where we have the government acting, well, the, mm, the law enforcement, essentially, they will cannot be held personally liable for anything that mm. they do. Okay? So anything that because they have been done, all... it can be on, on, yeah, under lawful direction, cannot yeah. be brought, they cannot be taken to court for that. Once it was under lawful direction. Um, mm. the, the times of the curfew hours can be changed mm-hmm. by the government, yeah, by the commission of the police, which is, you know, weird. But hmm. I think before, I, before we finish, I think I didn't touch on one of the most important parts of it, which is essentially mm-hmm. what happens is when we have a state of emergency, we transfer the powers of the legislature to the executive. So as, we have, as I would have explained before, the legislature... Mm, yeah. So the I explained before that the legislature is responsible to quarrel. I'm sorry, I'm getting distracted by the questions. Okay, <laughs> so I should ignore that. So essentially it's a transfer from, from the powers from the legislature 
to the executive, right? The reason being is the executive is in the best place position to assess the risk and um, deal with it in the appropriate manner, right? Mm. So they would be able to make laws more efficient and more effective, meaning that they can make it faster because we don't have any deliberations on it. And it can be effective because it can be pronounced right away. Right? And mm. the reasons that they need these powers, they will ex explain, is because we need these powers in, a, in this circumstance because we have an emergency situation and we must be vested with authority to make decisions in an expedient way. And that is mm. what justifies essentially this whole thing. And this is what is the, the thing, th this is what the rule of law seems, um, seeks to check. It seems to check the authority of the executive or any yeah. of the branches to be operating on its own. No, the executive will be operating on its own in this instant. And right. I think this is the fearful part. This is what, ah. you know, is the precursors to dictatorships and authoritarian right. governments. But we will right. know by virtue of the fact that we have a state of emergency, we do not have an authoritarian government, right? Because we needed to go into that in order to get that mode on. You know what I mean? I can't hear you, have... Oh, mm. I don't know why. All right. Well, yeah. okay. I'll take off my camera probably. Yeah. All right. You hand me now? You hand me now? You hand me now? We hear not seeing you good. So... Okay, I think. Bella, can you hear anyone at the moment? I, I think we should take off our camera. Maybe. Yeah. I think I think we should take off our camera. If she hand anybody else, somebody somebody else, Talana, take off the camera. That might be drawing it on her side. Maybe. Bella, can you hear? Not sure she's hearing anybody right now. Can anybody favor? Take off the camera. Take off the camera on your end, Faye, if you can. Yeah. I think that yeah. might help on your end. Because I know on your end you're getting a lot of a delay and stuff, and that might um that might help. Any 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 change with the with the hearing now, Fiola? I'm hearing you well now. Okay, oh, yeah, I, th I think for the rest of the episode, we'll have to keep leave the camera, leave the leave her camera off too, because um, because on her end, she's getting most of the problems too now, so we don't want to, to um, right. risk that. All right. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so um, that that as you said, Fiola, I mean, we are not as someone was saying, um, it's not like Duterte, if that's how you pronounce it. Um, yeah. you know, we don't we don't have a track record of of that level of totalitarian grip. And when you do get the SOE per se, you know, you run with it. But it is kind of um, sad that you see a gradual set of measures. Yes. That's you see. You that's see this right. You see, and it's like, okay. People don't understand these things creeping things, you know. Yeah. They don't understand. And, the, yeah. yeah. So, you and, you, and you let people see. And, you know, it to me, it is like um, more than anything, I find it to be very disheartening and disenchanting because of the fact that um that you we are seeing these measures mm -hmm. albeit necessary and as we all know it is because of the healthcare system i am mean to say i am mean to sound bad and i am mm -hmm. mean to sound harsh but if people dead on their own of their mm -hmm. own volition they don't care 
all right? right. At right. the end of the day, if we die in their care, then they care, okay? Right. And we, ha we have a health system, and mm -hmm. you know we have a you know for the, you know for all intents and purposes free healthcare and whatnot. We are a nation that has that um. Well, that we are not free healthcare too, but we, we are, can't we are not, we tap are, into we that. Have, and we have not free healthcare as well. Whereas Torian was saying recently in Canada, they already have private healthcare, just healthcare, really? now, you know. Mm -hmm. But anyway, we know that how the main problem any nation faces is that their hospitals can't handle the stress. All right. right. And we, our main thing forever is not handle it, not getting to that point. But right. there seems there seems to have been some kind of lapse in judgment and vision in that because things went down, we say, okay, it only if it start to get bad, we go right. put in something. And it get more bad, so we put in more thing. And it get more right. bad. So and I was like, well, it get real bad. So state of emergency is like, yeah, but this would have happened anyhow you take it now because this is the nature of the virus we're dealing with now. Why? Correct. Is it that the authorities also think this um, God is a trinity thing? Is it that, is you, a is it that you think, is it that you, you think their, their behavior is reactionary? It is reactionary. It is reactionary. Yeah. It is yeah. very reactionary. The only no. thing they did pro proactive was close the border and that did not seem to work because over a long period of time, there were other ways for people to enter the country. Well, you know? yeah, I mean, I mean, that's, that's in an, I think, yeah, I think stating that we, we would have closed our borders was a misnomer because obviously right. at that point in time, being an attorney that dealt with, with persons in the, you know, detention center and stuff, I can assure you, I can assure mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. that on the very day that, that uh, borders was closed, that proclamation was made or that declaration was mm -hmm. made, persons came in here. Facing came into Trinidad. And yes. I remember making a post and saying, But listen, how is it that we're going to support? And I don't want to say anything on this subject too much because I don't want to be perceived as xenophobic because that is not my intention. I and think for me. Yeah. I appreciate the fact that we need to assist. You know, we need to yeah. assist our our neighbors. That is a that is something that we have to do. But what I'm saying is the way that we went about it might have possibly been done a little better. I am saying that the CARICOM could have convened. We could have gone there. We could have said, listen, we've looked at our numbers. We've looked at our resources. We've gotten feedback from the various government agents, um, departments. This is how much people we can accommodate comfortably. We can take in 100,000, 200,000, how much ever. Jamaica, how much can you take? Barbados, come, let's make, a let's make a commitment from everybody to take some people. When we have reached our quota, we ensure that the persons that we have helped can, you know, also help their members by helping set up some sort of camp or some sort of something there for them from the border from which they are leaving. I think that would have been a more, you know, uh, proactive way to look at the situation because I am saying that we need to help, but we need to help in so much as we can. Because if it is we, for instance, disregard all of the extraneous variables that we need to take into consideration, finance, space, whatever, you know, we are going to place ourselves in a situation similar to our neighbors and we would be of no assistance. How could we be of assistance when our resources itself would be placed at a, a you know, an extreme strain? I think yeah. that the, the situation could have been handled 
a little bit better. But of course, I am not paid, you know, the kind of money that persons who would be able to come up with a much more, you know, realistic view. I think that would have been a much a more responsible way to handle the situation rather than to, let's say, throw a blind eye to it. Because if you are in this, um, if you would have been privy to some of the information that, you know, Mm-hmm, Some mm-hmm. attorneys are privy to when you deal right. with with situations yeah. of this nature. You know that there are there are persons who are being paid money to uh, uh to be. It's not a free thing. You can't just go yeah. there and jump. Everybody wants to move, yeah. so obviously yeah. they're being paid, and you know that's a lucrative. Yeah, it's a, a system going on there. It's a whole system taking place there. And we are yeah. what, what I was what I was jumping into here, right through. Sorry, um, is that by the way, people, we are tackling that next week. We are tackling mm-hmm. head on with the. Venezuela refugee situation. We are going to have members from the UNHCR and people with that background going. They're going to come in on to talk to us. So look out for that now. And we'll talk about that. And you know, as as Fiola said, there's so much different things state now. You know, there's so much that's going on that we don't really know. Um, So what what's going on is that um, we want to now bring up the. The yeah. The, what, yeah. Yeah. So one 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 thing, Kata. So so the last part of this thing, uh, Feola, has to do with rights and freedoms, and that's why I keep bringing back up the Philippines case because the Philippines is a case where it's all went wrong. Yeah, I'm so real sorry. I am so and, sorry, but not here. Um, yeah, not here. Not here. Yeah, yeah, take, 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 take off the take off the camera. Camera. Yeah, let's see. Let's take off the camera. Right. Talk to me. You hearing that? Yes, we I should am. Be in the, we should be in the dance. Nice. Right? So, yeah, what, what I would say is that um, the point that why I keep bringing it back to the Philippines is that that's an example of where the SOE would have gone wrong. And mm. that it was something that what had happened was what they call a creeping SOE. So, in the mm. last part of this definition has to do with rights and freedoms. And mm. rights, from my understanding, is, has to do with human rights. So you're dealing mm. with rights of speech, rights of movement, rights of consumption in terms of foods and drinks. And part of the creeping SOE that they brought in there was that they started to limit what was shown on TV so that the state actually started to control certain aspects of the media and so on. Is that covered in our SOE in terms of could they start to control like freedom of speech and so on? I think essentially the only rights that can be abrogated from, you know, must be strictly required of the exigencies of the situation. So, for instance, you cannot, if you are trying to, if you are having a state of emergency in this instance to protect against um, the spread of the virus, you cannot then say that persons can't have freedom of speech. That in itself is not strictly required any derogative measure cannot exceed the the extent required of it by the exigencies of the situation so your rights themselves are not necessarily suspended they're only suspended in so much as they relate to assisting with the state of emergency and, and and essentially getting us back to a place where of normalcy then Correct. And, and of course, all of that, Fayola, I, I would take it, is, is means within reason. And why I say of that course. is because... Proportionality. I, I, not, exactly. Because uh, one of the things that, that Duterte did with the state media is that he made an announcement for the entire nation to disinfect the face masks with gasoline. 
So Ooh. that actually went for about three months. And because they had control of the state media, it became a big scene and UN got involved and whatnot. So so that is why, you know, I just wanted to understand in terms of the state, in the state of emergency, what level of rights, you know what I mean, is taken away. And to me, I think even though, yes, you know, certain human rights are, are, are suspended or, or limited, mm. Uh, mm. it is, in my mind, done within reason. Exactly. Yeah. So you, you remember, we have to look at Section 10 of the, of the Constitution. So Section 10 of the Constitution says, says that the state of emergency may be extended from time to time by resolution, which is supported by a simple majority, right? Mm -hmm. um, but no Correct. extension can exceed three months. And in aggregate, it cannot exceed six months, right? Right. Oh, so six months. Have, six months is the most. Yeah. So we have a a, a stop check here. We have the constitution mm. saying, "Listen, these things are not ad infinitum. They come to an end. They do not go on forever." So, I so guess and what, especially in a uh, yeah. Sorry. What let's see worry about is so let's say they extend again, and we hit the six mm -hmm. months. What mm -hmm. is to stop them from extending it further? Like well, really and truly, the constitution is just a piece of paper. Correct. Well, not really. I think I think the constitution is more than a piece of paper. You know, if it wasn't so, for the constitution, people could, you know, governments and other places could do exactly what they please. And in right. situations so, like this, they can't really do exactly what they please. They have to justify it. Now, the justifications may not necessarily be above, you know, well, it may not necessarily be reasonable justifications or justifications that we think are reasonable in these circumstances. But, you know, that, the, right. it, that therein lies the problem. Do you understand? So, so, so something to, like to go beyond six months, Fiola, that would be something they will probably need some extra, like almost like a unilateral, exactly. not a unilateral, but like a, a, a unanimous support across government and opposition to support yeah, or something possibly. like that. Okay. Yeah, but I, I don't really want to give out wrong information because I don't know what, it, it, what would happen in circumstances no, no, no. like that. I mean, I can't refer um, yeah, very but there's fast some to the for some reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To the um, let me just refer fast uh, to ten to make sure that ten does not stipulate. Look at any time. No, so on a cursory reading of it, it doesn't state what will happen in circumstances like that. I don't think that they can exceed. So, mm. so however, that no extension exceeds three months, and the extensions do not, in the aggregate, exceed six months. So right. what they're saying is essentially you could only have two back-to-back -back three month extensions. Two fuse, right. Yeah. Aggregate so, now. Yeah. yeah. So when it is the when it is the president, when it is the 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 president has declared, make a proclamation, it has gone to parliament, she has presented it to the speaker, it stays, it remains in force for 15 days. Right. Mm. That, so once once it drops, it had the last of 15. Yeah. 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 Right. Oh, it doesn't have to last a fifteen because they're saying here yeah, proclamation. Uh, it can be before its expiry. The proclamation may be extended, right? Right. And also, it may be. I just saw some. It may be revoked it, at any time. Okay, it could be revoked at any time. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah, by a resolution, uh, it must be supported by a simple majority of votes in the House of Representatives. I know it was a lot, a lot for you to unpack, Fiola. So thanks so much for going through all the yeah, different parts of clarity. it. Yeah. I hope wanna... I kind of made yeah. sense, though, because I know we no, had, I know we didn't talk. No, you okay, did, you did, definitely. Yeah. But now we want to yeah. open up the floor to the to the audience.
to really bring their questions now and ask Paola and on us as the panel that we could all chip in because some of these things mm-hmm. are in such gray areas. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, so ask Paola now, what are, the, what are the burning questions you all have? So we have one from Julian Emerald here that says, is the state of emergency a way to give the police power to go into private homes to stop activities like Zessa parties? <laughs> well, I didn't even know they were still having Zessa parties, but apparently it's it always a lot have. of them. It always have, it always have, it always have. My God, yeah. But <laughs> so, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That is exactly what it is. Because yeah. if it is, we, we look at what I would have explained to you guys before in relation to the, the powers of arrest, right? And essentially, those powers of arrest under regulation is a state of emergency is, 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 is um, essentially drafted to prevent for this very situation, I believe. Right. You know, they're I saying that the officer I mean, may use force that, as he appears necessary yeah. for the arrest to prevent a person. But essentially what they're saying is that you have to act in a manner that is prejudicial to public health, public safety or public order. Yeah, yeah. And, and, that's, and, that, and that's what parties are at this point in time. Having a good time with a lot of people is... is uh, prejudicial to public health as you want to call it yeah. um so you know and we so, in, we, yeah, so like people, that's what it is yeah. but that is not the only yeah well i guess that's the that, that is the state of emergency i mean i i hope eventually that human beings evolve right right we, <laughs> we, where we don't have to be policed to this police to this extent it's it's frustrating you know well, if the enforcement of the SOE, says Swati, or the SOE itself gets out of hand, who do Trinbegonians go to? What can Trinbegonians do if it gets um, out of hand? Well, Trinidad and Tobago is subject to certain international obligations and the international instruments of law. So, for instance... Um, the International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights. So where it is, Trinidad and Tobago is a signatory. So, okay, so how to explain mm-hmm. this? Essentially, there are certain systems which have dual um, systems. So essentially, if you are a government and you're going to a, you're, you're signing a treaty, an international treaty, it must then first, it must come back to Trinidad and it must be passed into law before it has, be well, we can't say before it has any substance, but essentially it has more weight when it is converted into our legal domestic legislation, right? So it's given more weight of force because we have a dual system. So essentially any signature that a government official makes on behalf of Trinidad and Tobago, it has to be ratified before it becomes law. So we have yeah. certain international obligations that we are signatories to um, mm-hmm. that would have a supervisory kind of rule over us. And the good thing about that is certain of these international can, well, we have seen what happens internationally if you do not adhere to, you know, these, these laws that speak to human rights and the protection of your citizenry and stuff, you can be sanctioned, you know? Mm-hmm. And then right. other stuff tends to happen. So you'll be sanctioned from these international um, bodies. Um, yeah. And reprimanded, mm-hmm. and I think essentially, if we are told by a more anyway, I'm sorry, yeah. forget that, forget <laughs> that, up. Forget that up. No, we understand, yeah. we understand, yeah. we understand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they can't do what they want. They can't do what they want. Yeah. I have one question, Fiona. So we're talking about powers of the government, all those kind of things, right? So we touched on earlier that they are. Uh, 
people within the country that are able to go directly to a supplier of some sort and get the Pfizer vaccine. Is it possible during a state of emergency for the government to mandate, if things were to get real out of hand, the government to mandate private hospitals take public patients? Well, no, I don't think, you see, essentially there would be a private hospitals act, yeah? So mm. in that act, there's currently no legislation to mandate private hospitals to undertake any particular action, you know? So in other countries, for example, in the USA, there's a Defense Production Act, which specific, specifically allows the president by federal order to mandate, let me say, production of vaccines and things like that. But we do not have a corresponding, um, they would mandate private persons. Yeah, so we do not have the equivalent here. So without amendment to the Private Hospitals Act, I don't know how that is possible. Saying that, though, in a state of emergency, you know, I don't know. To what extent, you know, they can go about suspending the rights of, of, of a business, <laughs> you know Fair what enough. I mean, of, of that individual. So I, I don't know how they can do that. But, I mean, I could think creatively and think as a government, I would be like, listen, if it is my, my um, whatever they're calling, their parallel system is overburdened. I mean, they could make, um, I don't think they can force, no, not in relation to what I've read so far. Right, right. And the Private right. Hospitals Act. Do, do, you, do you think that, and I mean, I brought this up earlier, we didn't really get to talk about it. It's neither here nor there for some people, but for me, I think that it's worth talking about. Do, do you think that we should have had the two holidays this week, or can, could, we, could we have postponed them just like we postponed Carnival and all that, seeing that it's a state of emergency? Would that be normal to do? <sighs> okay, I, I really was caught off guard by that, um, by that. 5 a.m. to 10 a.m. curfew, to be honest. Right. I and then, right. And then there was a, the, as we would have discussed and people would have pointed out, like Emir Crown, that there was a bit of a, a looseness in the jargon used and in the punctuation of the of the amendment or whatever it's called. Um, but mm -hmm. so, so, but my thing. Well, my I mean, that is issue this, that he would have brought up was that issue to do with the rule of law. So, mm -hmm. in the rule of law, that's one of the, the issues. They must have certainty of law. Because it can't be arbitrary, it must be certain. Otherwise, you don't know what you're adhering to. You don't know what the law is. And to be honest, for most civilians, it's quite difficult to read the legislation and understand what the hell they are asking you to do. Right. Even for, for, for an attorney, at, at times yeah, it's yeah, quite yeah. difficult you know, to read the legislation. You have to read it. And as after many readings, then you come to the understanding of what exactly it is being said. So, you know, in relation to what Mr. Crown was saying, I believe he was talking about the necessity of the law to be certain, you know? Right. And it's an um, essential component. And personally, do you think that we should have stopped vaccinations during the, um, during the SOE, during the holiday, holidays, sorry, holidays? To be honest with you, I haven't even wrapped my head around that 5 a.m. to 10 a.m. scenario yet. I mean, to be honest with you, I'm really trying my best here to tool my, um, yeah. you know, my opinion, <laughs> my yeah. responses mm. based you know to be try to be you know mm. as politically correct as i can be but we, i um, yeah. Yeah. i yeah. i really don't i don't appreciate my um but just generally as a person i have very little um deference for authority and that is a, yeah. a characteristic that i think i was born with i have very little deference little deference yeah. for authority don't worry now you are alone all always rebels <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. That. But just 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 one 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 last question there, Fiola, from Nick JL. He said that no one can be sentenced without process, even during an SOE. While the executive arm has the power of arrest, the, the judicial arm still has to uphold due process. Uh, that is that, and I just want to make sure that's the case, like across the board, no matter how much the SOE systems creep. Um, that has to be maintained, correct? Yeah. So I think I think what it is is it's just a delimitation, you know, of of your rights. Right. It's not a complete and utter suspension. I, I I remember reading some jurisprudential arguments about it. There were two arguments: a Kelsian argument and um, oh, I forgot his name, but this guy was more contemporary. So essentially, one of them was saying that the state of emergency is extrajudicial, outside of the law. And Kelson was saying, no, that, that doesn't make any sense. I agree with Kelson. Essentially, what Kelson is saying is that the state of emergency is a result of the laws that we already have. They cannot exist right. outside the laws because the laws that we have afforded their existence. Just like the parliament can go to the parliament can go to um, the parliament can essentially revoke or um, I'm looking for the correct word, but essentially the parliament can undo. So the parliament has, right. has, has legislated like this, and the parliament can legislate to undo what it has legislated. So parliament uh, supremacy must be um, emphasized. All right. Right? Definitely, definitely. Yeah. This question. So the parliament, oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Th this question from Said. What weaknesses of our constitution or laws has this pandemic or SOE exposed? And what should we fix when this is over? Is there anything in your professional opinion you think that there's that is weak in terms of our constitution and this pandemic is opening up a real um, can of worms? Is there anything that we should pay attention to in a very, very um, urgent manner when this is all over and we can regroup and rethink? Well, I was hoping that this was an opportunity for us to revise a lot of our laws. I remember reading what it is. I think it was the, um, the immigration. Yeah. Immigration mm -hmm. Act, my God, it refers to people as dotish, um, stupid, retarded, invalids. A, a lot of things. It, it seriously what? needs. It yeah, it seriously needs revision, right? Um, mm -hmm. A lot of the laws re need revision. There's the law. In, um, for me, what I think this has exposed is that in times of emergency, we would need to have certain emergency powers, and in order for us to feel comfortable as a nation that those emergency powers are being used. We must then ensure that there are adequate checks and balances and that persons are being held accountable for the decisions that they make, right? So for me, I, I think that some of the things that we need to look at, for one, is that I do not feel comfortable with the police currently with the way that the police operates. I do not feel comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. I've seen the police cussing people, mother, so-and-so out on the side of the street. Mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of of atrocious behavior from police officers. And I'm thinking that, you know, they're just like us, you know? They are <laughs> us, they are, you know what I mean? But we yeah. need to have proper codes of practice. Where it is, I go into the police station. I remember when I went there, I, I thought I, something was wrong with me because I would have studied, I would have learned the British procedural, uh, uh, the British procedure essentially. So yeah. when I went to the police station, I'm like, where, okay, can I have some disclosure? What's going on? You know? 
The police is looking at me like, what? They don't even want to give me the bare minimum information. So I am there in the police station and I'm like, wait, what? So I have no information at all upon which to advise my clients. So then the only thing I can advise my clients is to answer no comment because I have not been mm -hmm. given enough information for my client to, for me to advise my client at all. You have not given me any information. When I go in there, I'm like, who's the officer in charge of my client? You know, a lot of the things where the, my client is alleging he had this, where is it? There is no order when you, if it is, we have to reform. We first have to reform the issues that we have. I think reform needs to come first in policing. We need to ensure that our police have a code of practice. This is absolutely, you all don't know the, the issues that I have to face when I go into a police station. It is yes. absolutely ridiculous. Until sometimes police officers come outside with me after I had to, you know, completely lose it in the police station in certain instances police Jump officers out come outside with me mm -hmm. and, and, and apologize and say listen i understand and that is really you know ridiculous and whatever whatever there are no proper codes of practice and i'm sorry but i will not allow the police officers to be policing me arbitrarily right because that All is right. exactly what is happening. It's a whole system. And, and we, are, we are notorious. We can make videos. We can make videos outlining how brutally police will beat you if you go into the police station. Especially if you have no consequence and you just give trouble. Oh, my God. We have those little... <laughs> if it is you are known to the police and you have no money and you have no consequence, I am sorry for you. They will arrest you at random. I think that I think we definitely need to have you back in Fayola at some point to talk, to talk about that in, in particular because sooner than later we're going to have a big issue with the police again as usual. And they're going to be there's going to be some situation where it's gonna be hot and we'll bring in right about that time so we could talk about this properly because they know like, to be fair too before before I, I say anything, to be fair, the police also needs to, to they they also need to be afforded the right training and they also need to be afforded the right budget. Yeah. Definitely. Also, you you understand, and I think yeah. that the more we realize that we are in the situation we are in because not because of the level of crime, people will commit crime anywhere where they are not caught. Exactly. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you are not getting caught, you will do you will commit a crime from now until I don't know where. Come One on. and two, the circumstances that exist right now societally will dictate that criminals are born and criminals well, thrive well, and they exist. Well, of course, there's some people that take a laws don't fix anything, eh? but anyhow, um, yeah. uh, let's let's close up. Let's see, you have any closing yeah. remarks for, for, the, for the table? Any closing remarks? Yeah, for the I people? mean, I, I, I just want to thank Fiola so much for coming on board. It was such a fantastic discussion. Um, I find myself so much more edified about perspectives that I wasn't too sure about before. Um, thank you to the commenters, as usual, you know, the amount of stuff. And Fiola, as Cotta say, we definitely would want to have you back. We have some hot topics in June to close off the quarter. I mean, we have Colin Kaepernick's new book coming out on defunding the police and abolishing jails. So we're going to do an episode yeah. on defunding the police. So we definitely want to reach out to you on, on, on that. 
um, and we have one to close the border and that kind of thing. So, you know, mm-hmm. looking forward to it. Would okay. definitely, definitely. Well, um, I thank you so much. Oh, we want to thank Torian mm-hmm. for for handling everything on the behind the scenes there because right now we do not a lot of damage control with the with the technology. But you know, we'll come mm-hmm. to that point one day where we all have it smooth and running. But that, that's how it goes. You know, we 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 we, we are international right now as you know we have everybody on the screen right now is from all over so it, it does yeah. prove some problem but i want to thank you for your time feola and for all thank the work you you're putting i know that how yeah. you, you know you, you make that time for we and i'm real happy mm-hmm. for it all right i know mm-hmm. right now you have a million things you could be doing and that you have to do still but um i i'm really happy that you spend this time with us and i hope you you enjoyed it as well okay I really enjoyed it. Thank you very much for the opportunity. It was nice I'm having conversation with four people. Yeah. <laughs> it seems so novel in this time, you know? Yes, 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 yes. And this is the time, right? This is the time where we need to keep in contact with each other. And we exactly. want to thank the entire community for being here tonight, as usual. Um, we are going to have our episode next week, Do Cross the Border, where we are going to talk mm-hmm. about the Venezuelan migration situation in Trinidad. Um, we have guest Amanda Chukwan, and I got confirmation today we'll also be having Matthew Ramsawak as well. In the, yes, so we have two. And um, with that being said, I want to thank everybody for listening in. I know tonight, you know, we could have been doing all kind of different things and taking rest and guessing really? up for tomorrow for the for the jam, the at home, the at home jam by yourself. Oh, okay, right? <laughs> yeah, the at home jam by yourself. All right, uh, but. Thank you all for spending this time for Larry and Nick and everybody. And so, you know, Swati always says, Saeed, Jamak, you know, the whole posse. We see Bechan in his own. He says, Sanctions feels like you're being bullied. All right. Mm-hmm. That was, thank you for that. Thank you for that, Bechan. So, everybody from all of us here at the Heights Room, thank you so much for tuning in. See thank you guys you. next week. Thanks for your Okay. Bless thank and love, you, everybody. All right. Bye bye. Good night bye-bye. from the Dolphin. Yes. Bless and love, boy. <laughs> Later. Bye. Later.